Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kamidogu Podcast. My name is Christopher Beljanovsky, and joining me in the virtual podcasting booth is the one and only Toasty. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, how's it going? Toasty! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today is a very exciting episode as we have a special guest joining us, John Turk. First of all, John, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Yeah, no problem at all. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the hour coming up or however long we go. Beautiful. All right. Awesome. So how are you doing and um, how, what have you been up to lately? Uh, things are good. You know, I'm just starting the uh, Comic-Con tours. We're trying to figure out, you know, which ones are going to actually open. And we don't even really know what the crowds are going to be like. Just uh, I imagine they'll be good. People have been, you know, locked down for so long and I, they, hopefully we'll be anxious to get out and get back to some uh, normal life and uh, meet and greets and hanging out and get back into the world of MK. So I think it'll be good. The first <laughs> one's in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And uh, we'll see after that, you know, everything else is just like I said, up in the air for now. So Very good. So um, from what I understand, John, uh, you have a background in, uh, in the police force. So mm-hmm. why don't you elaborate a little bit on your experience there and uh, furthermore, how you got uh, the role as Sub-Zero and so forth in the Mortal Kombat 3 game? Yeah, um, well, I didn't even really uh, want to be a policeman when I applied. I just uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I know my degree was in exercise physiology and uh, in uh, biomechanics and things like that. And I was always in love with fitness. So I, uh, I started working at a health club selling memberships and I just didn't like it. And at the time, uh, very few jobs were open for uh, the health and fitness field. It was either your PE teacher or you worked for a sports team. And I didn't really have an in with anyone as far as getting hired by a specific sports team. So I kind of was left with, wow, what do I do, you know? And uh, when I started out, I wanted to be a teacher and then I just, I, t- I taught at like a what's called a university high school, and at the one I was at, it was behavior disorder kids. So I got a real kind of rude awakening to teaching, and uh, every time I would go in there, I, I just, the kids were just completely disrespectful. And uh, and I was a, I was a wasn't a little guy. I was two hundred and forty pounds at the time, really into bodybuilding. I had one Mister Illinois, so you know I'm thinking, man, if these kids are rude to me. What are they going to be like to some, you know, small woman or small guy? <laughs> it's crazy. And I said, you know, I just can't. Um, and I was a little bit of a hothead when I was younger. And not like I would go out and pick fights, but I, I didn't definitely didn't back down from anything. So I just said, you know, I don't think it's a good idea if I if I become a teacher. And uh, and I decided, well, I'll become a policeman, which is, makes no sense at all. When you think about it, I couldn't handle these crazy kids. What am I going to do in the real world with, you know, being a policeman? So. Like I said, I, I didn't even think I'd get hired. And so as the process went on and uh, I kept passing all the tests, started out with 400 guys and I made it down to the last 10. They were only going to hire one person when I originally started out. And then as I got down there, they were going to hire two. And I ended up being two on the list. So I, that's how I ended up getting hired. And I, I love my job as a policeman. Uh, it just uh, got hurt on the job fighting and wrestling with a, with a guy. Um, and that was in 1990. Uh, end of 97 but i started mortal kombat in 90 end of 94 and uh and then once i i blew my knee out it just got really hard doing anything real physical i could you know i still can work out to a certain extent but it's really hard for me to run jump and do things like that i I can do to save my life but when i get done it's going to be pretty sore so i had nine surgeries on my right knee because of the injury 
And uh, so it's 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 wow. one of those things that kind of took me out wow. of the game for a lot of physical roles, uh, which is a real bummer. But um, yeah, I just I still stay in really good shape. I still exercise, work my you know leg as as good as I can. I uh, but yeah, police work just kind of evolved as I was working. People came up to me and would say, you know, uh, are you an actor? Or are you a model? I'm like, no, no. I had no desire to do that. I just always kind of. I wouldn't say look down on it. I just always thought, you know, that's for pretty boys. That's for, you know, people that, you know, I don't know, didn't have uh, any ambitions to get a real job, so to speak. Not like I was any better than them, but I just kind of brushed it off, you know. And then I just finally said, you know, everyone keeps asking me this. I started looking into it and I started seeing the money that you could make, make really good money, you know. And I always thought my mother and father always discouraged any kind of acting or modeling because they, they always thought it was, you know, laden with drugs and alcohol just because you hear all the stories. So I also viewed it that way too. I didn't want to get, you know, put in any weird positions or anything. So I just kind of ignored it. And then finally I just, you know, I'm going to give this a try. And I got an agent in Chicago and, uh, uh, at the time I was, um, I, I was really into martial arts. I always was from when I was like 14 years old. I started taking uh, me and a, me and a couple of buddies got together. This is kind of a cool story. But when I was like 14 years old, one of my friends, uh, I was always athletic when I was a kid. And so were the group of guys we hung around with. We were in the gymnastics, wrestling, everything. And he says, hey, man, this guy's teaching, you know, um, uh, uh, martial arts in his basement. And so we go into his basement and uh, – this guy's name is Chuck, and uh, it's just me and three of my buddies. And uh, Chuck's a black belt, and here we are, 14. He's like 26, 7 years old. And just for probably a good solid six months, just beat the living crap out of us in his basement. And I remember one time I got <laughs> broken. My buddy got an eye socket broken. Um, my friend Hugo, we were wow. sparring, and he was like 6'4", and like, you know, at 14 years old. And I misjudged his kick, and he came in and just splattered my nose all over my face. So it was a rude awakening <laughs> of the world of martial arts. But man, I tell you, I fell in love with it. I was like, "This is cool!" And it, 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 in, in, in sparring with this guy Chuck, it really taught me how to, uh, you know, take a punch, uh, know that I'm going to survive after I get whacked in the face real hard. And then I got into uh, tournament fighting. I after Chuck had moved to California. And uh, I'm like, okay, what are we going to do, guys? And uh, we went to, a, I went to, ended up going to a school called Kim's, uh, Kim's Black Belt Academy in, in Chicago. And uh, I got really involved in Taekwondo. And I, I ended up getting uh, a, uh, a black belt in, in Taekwondo and just got into real tons of tournament fighting. And at the time, it was mostly point fighting. But I had a buddy that I used to fight with all the time in school afterwards we, we just hung out all the time and we just started beating the crap out of each other and there were times I could remember driving home and <laughs> not remembering anything because my you know had bell had been rung so many times and uh and so then all of a sudden you know I, I kept up with martial arts I kind of got out of actual tournament fighting because I went to college and did all this stuff and so when I, I got out and I went to audition for Mortal Kombat, one of the questions they asked me said, you know, you have the look we want, but do you know martial arts? And I go, oh, yeah, you know, I had a black belt. And they're like, oh, that's so cool, you know. So I had to do a physical audition where they, they had me get up and, and actually do moves and stuff. And then they would ask me, okay, can you do this? Can you do this? And uh, they liked what I did because the filming is unusual in that when you're filming – it's not regular speed, you know? So if, when I throw a punch, I'm going to throw a punch, you know, probably about 90% if I'm filming, you know, but 
every time I would do anything, you go, whoa, 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 that's sure. too fast. You can't do it that fast because it's motion capture. So I'm like, what do you mean? So each kick yeah. was a slower kick and it had to be more form, form, uh, uh, orientated than you know speed or anything like that so a lot of the actors I guess that they hired had trouble moving at a slower speed keeping their leg up and I could do that because that's what I uh, I really worked on when I was in martial arts I, I worked on my flexibility I worked on my strength sure. holding my leg up so it really trans transferred real well into the filming world so they liked that I could hold my leg up I could move it slower and it just it just worked and then after I got done doing sub-zero um, they wanted to know, hey, uh, put this costume on. Then they had me do some moves for, it was Scorpion at the time. And then they said, hey, you know what? We want to use you for Scorpion. So I said, okay, that's cool. And then they said, uh, put this outfit on. And this is when I had Shang Tsung with the goofy ass long hair <laughs> and all that stuff. So it ended up involving all these other characters. And each one of the ninjas had like signature moves and stances. So they ended up having me do all the ninjas too. And it just worked, you know, filming went fast. They were yeah. really happy because uh, it didn't take as much, uh, I guess, editing to get certain things accomplished that they wanted to. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was a great group of people to work with. I enjoyed mythologies when we did that because it ended up being all about Sub-Zero, uh, which is a whole nother story when you look at you know, like Bihan and then there's me with the unmasked Sub-Zero and, you know, the relationship between them two, the different costume, yeah. the different look. And uh, it just all evolved into a whole nother, another entity. But then you have mythologies where I'm back with the mask on and the, and the Sub-Zero look, which I'm still the brother of, you know, behind. And it's yeah. just the whole thing was just I'm just trying to figure this whole thing yep. out, you know. But it was, uh, yeah, mythologies was cool because uh, it was the first time I got to meet the actors. You know, I didn't know any of them because we all individually went into the studio and did our own filming. And uh, that's when we all came together on mythologies. Myself, Rich, Leo Montalongo, uh, who played Serena, and Sal DeVito worked on that. He played Scorpion in the mythologies. And then there were two other guys they just hired as actors mm -hmm. to play Raiden. And I think it was Chinook, who was uh, a taller guy who wore the red, looked almost like a devil outfit. And, uh, but uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, man, just hanging out all day and, uh, and shooting the scenes. I, I'm sure you guys seen some of the outtakes from that. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Rich is hilarious. Uh, Leah was a lot of fun to work with. She was, uh, you know, really easy going. And uh, John Tobias and Ed Boone and and, and Toasty himself. <laughs> Dan was uh, real good. And then there was yeah, Dan Gordon. Yeah. yeah, Dan. Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Josh Sue was another guy. I'm probably leaving out a few other ones, but um, I think Carlos Decina did some of the. Not not necessarily the acting on that, but he was working on some of the, the other parts. But yeah, it was a great time. And then so that's kind of how that whole Mortal Kombat thing evolved. And then, you know, I started getting more into acting. I just had so much fun uh, doing the game and especially mythologies. Mythologies was hard to act because, first of all, it was my first acting job. I had no clue what I was doing. And what was yeah, yeah. hard about it was is I right away was thrown into one of the hardest environments to act in, which is a green screen. You have nothing around you. There's no environment. You have to create it all yourself. Yeah. And then on top of that, they stuck a mask over three quarters of my face. And even though acting is about the eyes, the problem with it is you usually got your nose and mouth to go along with it. So everything I had to do, you, it was just kind right. of over-exaggerated. I had to pretend the background was there. It was really a lot to like digest my first acting job. And then, you know, we obviously had lines. I had to make them sound good and look real. And, uh, 
it was just it, part of the reason it, it worked. You know, Rich was good at playing the Quan Chi character, so it, it brought it out in me. And uh, it just it, watching the makeup to do that and all the costume and all the couple times I almost got stuck in the eye by those spikes yeah. hanging off his outfit. But it is just uh, that was really oh, shit. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you look at his outfit in there, Quan Chi, he had these huge spikes that came up. And uh, when he would come around and turn, as I would walk around him a few times, I'm like, whoa, you know, that thing almost grazed across the eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, an interesting, wow. interesting job. So, yeah, and that's kind of how I fell into it and uh, really got into the, uh, the, the acting part. It just evolved uh, where I'm at today. It's, I, I love doing it. I love creating characters. But the problem is, is just I think with my build and my, my look, with my square jaw, dark hair, uh, I'm, I play more of a, you know, cop type thing, a military type thing, a, a bad guy, like a mob guy or, an, uh, you know, Italian mafia. And, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I guess that's what I'm typecast as, and that's what I'm running with. So my I'm, uh, film coming out, I play, a, <laughs> I play a Nazi in that one. So go figure I'm playing another bad guy. And, uh, so it's, it's just, <laughs> And I'm okay with it, you know. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll get a good guy role. Who knows? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, I got another question for you. Yeah. Um. So, for, uh, I remember seeing you uh, in a few sequences, actually, in uh, The Dark Knight. And yeah. in one particular scene, you were actually with uh, Rich DeVizio, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, out of curiosity... Was there anybody um, on the set that was aware of like Mortal Kombat and and recognized you from there? Were there any MK fans there? Uh, I, I, one time, there was one of the gaffers came up to me and said, "Hey, somebody mentioned that you were Sub Zero," and it was it was at a time I wasn't with Rich because Rich, I did a it was another scene him and I were in. It was like yeah. a like a restaurant, restaurant. that we were playing like Russian uh, mobster guys. And uh, they had people always tend to go, hey, you look familiar. And then when I go home, they're like, holy shit, yeah, I, I recognize you now. So I get that every now and then. Dark Knight, I just got it once. But, you know, the Dark Knight was such a big production. And it's so much about Batman. Uh, most people are thinking about Batman. You know, Sub-Zero doesn't, doesn't come around in there. But also, you got to remember, in Dark Knight, I had a full beard. Um, I had, uh, you know, a suit on. Uh, my hair was grown out. So you, the look was a little different. Obviously, I was a few years older. But uh, I, I, what's funny now is people, um, there's still so many fans all over that I run into that my wife's a big cheerleader for me. I don't like to tell a lot of people. It's just, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm <laughs> humble. I just, I, sometimes I don't like the attention, but she's like, you know who he is? You like Mortal sure. Kombat? <laughs> people go, oh, really? <laughs> I could see it now. I could see it now. I knew you looked familiar. That's why I, was, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's. You know, I just have that familiar face or they do recognize me. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I always tell my wife, "Hun, come on, don't. You're embarrassing me, you know. It's, but it's, it's cool. So, yeah, it's Dark Knight was good. I, I was in a part of the movie called The Breakup. There are quite a few films. Uh, uh, there was a few TV shows, Chicago PD, another one called Crisis. I ended up being a regular on that. But it lasted about a year, and they, they kept pitting it against the NBA Finals and other things. So the ratings weren't as high as they wanted them to be. But uh, yeah, and I even did Walker, Texas Ranger. I met Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee are my two mm -hmm. idols for martial arts. Um, I love both of them, man. I used to love all Chuck's movies. And I got interested in him when he was in uh, yeah. the Dragon with, or Return of the Dragon with Bruce Lee. 
And uh, yeah, just he's a really yeah. good guy. Met him in person, just really stand up. He talks to everybody. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's just great. Nice. Kind of taught me something, you know, I, I've met a few celebrities that in my life that I didn't like that really kind of was a letdown. And uh, I, it, I really kind of, took that in it's like you got to really be nice to everybody you know you're going to run into some jerks along the way but it was so it meant so much to me when i met chuck norris you know my childhood idol and he was cool and he acknowledged me and was a nice guy it just really sat home and i remember my wife met my wife was really into modeling uh you know when we were younger and she met uh a big time supermodel and the girl was just a complete and utter you know b-i-t-c-h and it really i just remember her coming home yeah sure yeah just going man i'm so bummed this girl was my idol and she was such a bitch and oops and uh she uh i just saw right. her <laughs> so yeah i don't ever want to be that guy you know i mean i know i'm gonna have bad days but i'll never be rude exactly. to my fans or anything it's just they're they're who they're who have made me who i am you know and they're the ones who play the game. And uh, it's yeah. the other thing, too, is it's fun speaking to everybody at, you know, the affairs. And I try to make as much contact as I can with Instagram and Facebook. But a lot of times I just can't get to all the messages. You know, I had one guy that got really pissed off because he left me a message and I never saw it. It just got <laughs> sucked way down into the vortex of messages. And then I just started scrolling my messages sure. going, oh, I got to check. Where did this other guy email me? And all of a sudden I go, oh, who's this? And I click on it. Man, this guy was like hoping I'd die and all these things. I'm like, man, he's like, you, you never replied. Oh, wow. I can't believe you, you scumbag. And I'm going, wow, this is pretty bad. And I'm like, I guess people can't get upset. So <laughs> what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that was, I, I got off on a tangent there. But, yeah, yeah, so other films and stuff like that. So I'm still pursuing it. I'm not like – uh gung-ho and just because i'm in san diego and there's really not much film here and i really it, what the great thing is is i can do auditions now through uh uh through videos which is pretty cool and then if they really want to see you they'll fly uh, not fly me but i can yeah. drive up to la and uh and do that if they want to really do what's called a callback and things like that so yeah very good fantastic yeah, so um, you mentioned earlier that you're hugely passionate about fitness and nutrition. Um, yeah. What are you sort of doing in that space? Um, and what advice would you give to someone who's you know looking to make a big change in their life? Yeah, well, um, fitness is, is something I just always got into because I was in sports and I, I was wrestling when I was younger. And I just what got me into working out was it just I noticed I was a real skinny, small kid when I was little. I mean, when I was a freshman in high school, I was. I was five feet, 90 pounds. I mean, that's small. And, uh, and I wrestled at the time and my neighbors were really good wrestlers and I'd wrestle with them and they just always, you know, kick my butt. And I, I just felt weak, you know, they were strong. I felt, man, something, it, it, they're just overpowering me, you know? So that's what got me into lifting weights. And then, uh, when I got into, and I started doing well in junior high and wrestling and, uh, and then, uh, I just, what's really strange is with wrestling, I just started getting all these skin infections. I got something called impetigo. I got a staph infection. I got ringworm. And, uh, and I just started running into all these guys that just stunk, you know, and I just couldn't take it, man. I just said, all right, enough is enough. And I just, I quit wrestling. And, and that's what got me into fitness even more. I just started, you know, really pursuing, uh, martial arts more and the bodybuilding. And, um, and, and for me with, with fitness is I had people dying around me when I was younger, like relatives that would get cancer and they, I just had a lot of unhealthy relatives and friends too and just everyone getting sick and my sister is has ms and 
my other sister ended up with problems. My brother had problems and my dad had wow. some issues. My mom had issues. And I just said, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be that, you know? And, and I yeah. had potential for it. I have like arthritis in my family. And I just said, I, I, I was also really, honestly, I was really afraid of dying. I had two friends die when I was younger and it really impacted me, especially being a 10 year old kid, seeing them in the casket. It really made me go, wow, I'm, I'm afraid I don't want to die. I don't really take care of myself. So that's kind of how I started out with the whole fitness thing. And, uh, I guess uh, if, if I had to give anybody advice on what to do is I think what's more important than anything is people try to think about what can I add? What can I bring into my lifestyle or my diet that is going to help me? And it's, it's really not about mm -hmm. that. Really what it's about is what can I take out? And I've had more results from removing things from my diet and my life in general that have yielded greater uh, results than adding things to my life. So for example, if you're eating, it's take all the garbage out of your diet and then, and then slowly sure. start finding foods you like. If there's someone in your life, there's two things here you got to think about is number one, first and foremost, above all is stress. If you're going to have stress in your life, oh, that'll right. kill you before anything will. The next thing is oh, your, right. your diet. And or, uh, next thing I would say is exercise. If you're not exercising, like anything else, that phrase, you, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's so true with your body. After age 30, we decline 1% a year. And the only way to slow that down is through exercise. Because when we exercise, we oxygenate our body. And when we lift weights, we create muscle. And muscle is what drives our metabolism. And more importantly, it's what drives your immune system. So if you don't have enough muscle and you're not strong enough, your body is going to start slowly breaking down at an average speed. But if you're unhealthy and you're getting older, it's going to break down even quicker. So that 1% when you're unhealthy turns into probably 1.25 and it just accelerates things even faster. But if you tell your body, instead of breaking down and you gain muscle, muscle is the, it's everything. It is the most important thing when you age. If you, if your body's losing muscle, you will age quicker. But if you keep as much muscle on as you can by lifting weights, your body has what's called anabolism, which means build up. When you don't lift weights, your body's in a constant catabolic state, which means breaking down. So if you can think, keep your body always thinking of building up, it never wants to age. It's going to age anyways. It's just, it just natural uh, progression of things. But you can slow it down so much and be so much more healthy by lifting weights. So first and foremost is get rid of stress. Next is lifting weights is ultra, ultra important. It's not just for you know, a show or whatever. I mean, it's great having muscle, but it's so much mm -hmm. to your, your health and your overall longevity. And then the uh, other thing is, third thing is your diet. So stress, put muscle on and, 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 eat, and eat right. And you will live, I can guarantee you, if you don't have some kind of tragedy or accident, you'll live to be at least 90 years old. Yeah. You know? And you don't realize this too. People go, well, what about genetics? What mm -hmm. about this? Just remember, your genetics load the gun, your lifestyle pulls the trigger. So you could have all the genetics in the world to be unhealthy, but if you don't pull that trigger by eating bad, by keeping your stress down, by lifting weights and putting on muscle, you're never gonna have that trigger pulled. So always think of it that way. So that's, I guess, a short 10 minute piece of advice, but I'm gonna tell you, in all the years I've been exercising and keeping fit, there's no secret. I just told you all the secrets right there. It's hard work. It's never yeah. give up. It's be persistent. And, and those three things, man, I'm telling you, stress, muscle, and, and diet are, are it. That is it.
So, wow, nice. That's incredible, John. <laughs> like said, yeah, thank you for that. It's hard for me to shut up. I love it. It's a, it's so. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I can feel the passion. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So, uh, John, just uh, out of curiosity, did you see the uh, new Mortal Kombat movie? And if so, uh, what were your thoughts? And uh, what did you think of Sub Zero's betrayal? Um, I thought I thought it was uh, an, an okay movie. I think there's things they could have done better. Uh, oh, yeah. I just think the storyline just kind of weren't that great. Uh, I think the acting could have been could have been better. But you know, I think what happened was with the acting is when you have a physical roles like that, you got you're hiring people that more for their physicality than you are their acting ability. And let's face it, as fans of Mortal Kombat, I'm a fan myself. You don't want to have an actor in there who can't do the moves who can't you know do the physicality of the role you know and so it's a very fine fine line you're walking is like when the acting and the physicality come together when i look at a guy like chris hemsworth who can act and he's physical too you know there's there's certain roles that you gotta you gotta spend the money on to put these people in the parts and to draw people into the film um, i can still do physical stuff i just can't do crazy stuff but i'm real good with my hands still I can still do certain nice. things with my feet. So, I mean, there's, it's not like I'm excluding myself from any of these roles. Be, I'll be the, the older, wiser Sub-Zero maybe, you know, and the reincarnation <laughs> of the, the one that just died. But, uh, yeah, so I just think that, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot of the acrobatic moves, you know, that you, you see in a lot of these movies, you know, which are may, mostly everyone's tied into harnesses and things like that. But. I still like to, you know, when you look at a movie like Rambo, I mean, he didn't do anything crazy, acrobatic. They're just badass, kick-ass, you know, fight scenes. And uh, picking guys up, throwing them, punching knees. And, and you can make a fight scene just look as impressive as these scenes you'll see in Mortal Kombat. Or, like, there's a there's a guy out there. He's a really good martial artist. Uh, gosh, I forget his name. But he's in a lot of the B movies. Uh, Atkins. His last name is Atkins. Guy's a great martial artist. Oh, Scott Atkins. Scott Atkins, yeah. Yeah. He's great at what he does, yeah. you know. Um, and he's a decent actor. I don't know why he hasn't been in some of these films as well. So you got guys like that who can act and can still do a lot of these moves. And, uh, again, like I was saying, you know, you could have that same guy fight someone else who can't do all those moves, but more of a, a street fight type thing, you know, which I, I like anyways because they're more believable, you know. The, 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 I, I realize Sub-Zero and a lot of these guys might might be a hero and they have these special powers, you know, but it, there's still something about that visceral badass that goes in and punches elbows, knees and kicks and just lays it down and walks away, you know, and it's it's things we can relate with more like I could see myself doing it. But when you got a guy in a harness doing triple somersaults, flying through the air and kicking, you're like, I can't do that, <laughs> yeah. you know? I guess he's a hero, right? But at the same time, it's like, do I see any human being doing sure. that really? You know, that, not really. But uh, and that's why you can get mm -hmm. a good actor to play some of these roles that aren't as um, acrobatic. You know, I think sometimes we get too carried away with the physicality when let, let's let's look at movies where if you can take Matt Damon and put him in a fight scene and he's not that coordinated and they do, it's the way they cut the film. They're short, quick chops. You really don't see the whole image. You know, you can make another actor look pretty good too that can act well that you can put a story in there. Yeah. So I just think, uh, I know I would get off on another tangent, but it's just my perception as being an actor now in, in film and just seeing how things are done that can be done differently to make Mortal Kombat, you know, 
just as appealing as a lot of the Marvel films. You know, I mean, when you look at um, yeah. who's the one guy that plays Captain America? Um, uh, Chris it? Evans? Chris Evans, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's not yeah. doing anything real physical, but he's, you know, still coming across as somebody that you, you know, want to watch as, as well as the other characters. Robert Downey. I mean, look at how good those movies did. So you, people need to realize, especially mm-hmm. a lot of producers and directors, you still need good acting in there. And, you know, if you can get, like, I myself, I consider myself a pretty decent actor. I can do a lot of these things that, yeah. you know, some of these actors can't do. And I don't know why Hollywood's so caught up in, you know, nepotism in a lot of ways when there's, I've seen so many actors out there that are phenomenal actors that never make it. Just when I was in LA doing it's true. cases and things like that, it's just really sad they don't open up to more people. You see a lot of the same people get the same roles. It's, we are a very nepotistic industry, and it's just, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just think it needs to change in some ways. You know, we talk about diversity in acting, but we need diversity in all levels, you know, not just the same people over and over and over again. So, Agreed. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I guess if you were offered a cameo in a sequel, I know, I know the fans would love it, but would you accept the offer? Sure. Yeah, I do, I do a cameo too, and uh, I just think they should. I think what's really kind of interesting about Mortal Kombat, it made it different, is there was a lot of hidden messages in it. And you had a lot of things in there where you had to, oh, hey, did you see that? You know, uh, there was Ed Boon or, you know, just just hidden things. Like even Noob Spaybot's name is Boon Tobias spelled backwards, you know. Yeah. So I think yeah. what they could do is put us all in there with cameo roles. That would be really cool for the fans to spot out. Like he comes up and maybe bumps into me on the street and then I – you know, turn around and people, holy shit, that's, you know, Sub-Zero from the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, a scar, when he turns and walks away, a scar appears on my eyes and a freeze ice comes out, and, you know, and I just kind of smirk and walk away. Like that kind of candy would be pretty cool. Sure, I think. sure. That's cool. Just, just a little subtle, like, I'm here Absolutely. watching you, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's a good thing, too, because you think about it, they killed Sub-Zero off. I mean, why can't his unmasked brother come back, right? Exactly. <laughs> do you still keep in touch with uh uh any of the other uh, performers from other uh, games yeah uh, uh so brian glenn and i who played shell con are, are pretty good friends we talk pretty regularly huh. um there's uh on on instagram we are starting to do touring so we got like our own little instagram uh message center that we all just kind of talk back and forth on and, and it's uh, me carrie rich it's everybody pretty much. And we just kind of shoot ideas nice. back and forth and, uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we're just waiting to see what's going on with all these comic cons and some of these other shows to see if they're going to open up full bore or not. But I'm looking forward to going to the Fayetteville one coming up here in June. It's going to be a lot of fun to see everybody again yeah. and get out and do things. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Um, Toasty, did you want to throw it across to the, quick questions <laughs> yes absolutely we're gonna play uh, a little game mm-hmm. uh, it's called uh, massive strike questions just kind of um respond to them as quick as you can but uh, if okay. you wish to elaborate by all means go right ahead gotcha. so uh john to begin uh, first question what's your favorite food uh my favorite food is probably pizza but i never eat it <laughs> <laughs> uh just your weirdest fan, fan encounter my weirdest fan comp. Uh, 
I just one, one, one guy just wouldn't leave me alone, man. He kept grabbing my arms and just grabbed me and it was just creeping me out, you know? And then finally I just, Hey man, you gotta, you gotta relax a little bit. So, uh, I guess that, that was kind of the weirdest, weirdest one I ever had. <laughs> Nothing real oh, kind of weird, you know, just kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any secret talents? Most people don't know about, uh, well, not really talents, but, um, well, you, I, I guess I don't know if you call it a talent, but I'm pretty good at eating, man. I can polish off. I got a really <laughs> bad So, for an example, I had, like, on my 50th birthday, I got really drunk with all my – or not my, my 50th, my buddy's 40th birthday. We all got really drunk, and I don't drink at all hardly. This is, like, the one time in, like, five years I drank. And my buddies know my weak spot, which is basically chocolate and dove bars and they, I ate <laughs> one sitting I ate 12 dove bars <laughs> well yeah, like oh, yeah I just I just kept shoveling them down and, and then after a bodybuilding show once I ate 24 sticks of bread from uh, Olive Garden I don't know if you guys have Olive Garden out there <laughs> damn yeah, yeah I almost had to go to the hospital because the bread was like rising in my stomach as I ate it and I was like man my stomach is so jacked <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> when I binge, I binge. Uh, do you do any impressions? Uh, do you do any impressions, John? Not really. I used to do uh, Jimmy Durante when I was a kid. I'd always used to do him in W.C. Fields, but I, not W.C. Fields, uh, Charlie Chaplin. You know, I used to walk around the house like that, but not anymore. I really don't, you know. Um, uh, yeah, no, nuh-uh. no, no impressions really. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> um, favorite television or movie? My favorite movie is Braveheart. Favorite show or movie? Yeah, Braveheart. I've, I've watched that probably 15 times. It's a three-hour movie. I just uh, I just love the chivalry in it. I love, uh, I've love. i always been a fan of Mel Gibson. Yeah, he's done some pretty yeah. stupid things in the past, but you try to you know forgive people when they're sorry. And uh, so I've pretty much done that. And uh, I, just, I just think his movies have a lot of them you know, the older ones, they just have some kind of heart to them, you know, like Braveheart was a great movie. I love Patriot, another great movie. Uh, and, uh, you know, the older Stallone movies I liked a lot too, but I'd, I'd have to definitely say mm-hmm. Braveheart. I mean, I just think it was a great film. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what's uh, the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? Uh, in Mortal Kombat world or just in, in general? Just, just in general. General. Man. Aside from this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and trying to discern my accent and what I'm actually saying. Yeah, well, uh, gosh, um, honestly, the funniest things that ever happened to me—most of them I can't talk about because they're pretty R-rated. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you this: when I was a kid, I got hurt all the time, just always, you know, messing around. And my parents were a basket case because I, I, I. I've had five concussions. I broke my arm. I've had, you know, uh, multiple surgeries for injuries. Uh, I've got a, a bottle busted over my head. I got six stitches in my outside of my eye, seven in my eye. So uh, I was riding a bike when I was I had a bow and arrow in my hand, and the thing stuck me right in the eyeball. I had to go to the emergency room for that. So I was always Damn. getting hurt, and my dad was getting so pissed. So one day, <laughs> I would, I was when I was little, I was, I had these big honker chewable vitamin C pills, and. uh my dad uh, was sleeping. It was like 1030 at night and I had to go to bed and I just brushed my teeth. And I'm like, oh man, I, I got to take my vitamin C pill, but it's all like that tart stuff, sugary. It means I'm going to have to brush my teeth again. I'm going to just try and swallow it whole. So, and I'm telling you guys, it was probably like this. <laughs> and it was like that thick. I'm like, oh, I swallow it. 
So I put it in there and the thing gets stuck right here. And I'm like, I can't breathe. And I'm running around. Uh. I go into the bad dad's room and I flip the light on and I go, dad, dad, I'm choking on a vitamin C. <laughs> and he rolls over and he looks at me. And he goes, just die, you son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 oh, so hard. I went, and the thing came out. And I just looked at him. I go, I can't believe you said that. And he goes, I meant every word of it. My dad was from the Middle East, you know. And he goes, turn the light off. Go oh, yeah. you know? And I went back to bed. And I'm just laughing. <laughs> I'm thinking, I, I can't believe my old man just said that. But, yeah, I mean, that was just my life. You oh, know? Man. And he was the kind of guy who was like, you don't need to go to the hospital. And I remember one time my mom slammed my hand in the door of the car. And I was like, I was like nine years old. Yeah. You could see my little wife in the kitchen there. And uh, I just remember my hand was stuck <laughs> in the door. And I couldn't breathe. It hurt so bad. And I'm going. <laughs> and my dad says, my mom says, would you shut up back there? And my dad says, you slammed his hand in the car. And she goes, ah. And she pulls my hand out. It's, it's, it's literally crushed and mangled and it's bleeding. And my dad goes, let me see that. And he goes, come here. And we go into the garage and he takes a two by four, or not a two by, a piece of plywood, puts my hand on it, and he draws in a pencil around my hand like a, like a glove. I'm like, what are you doing, dad? He goes, you'll see. And he gets out a power saw and he saws around the hand. And then he plasters it to my hand and gets duct tape and tapes the wall. He goes, you'll be fine. Wear that for a few weeks. I go, okay. And I'm looking at the thing I'm like, wow, this is weird. So I go to school. And the teacher looks at me, and the kids are laughing. She goes, what do you got in your hand? Take that off. I go, I can't. My dad wants me to leave it on for two weeks. And she's like, what do you mean? I go, well, my mom smashed my hand in the door, and it's it's beat up, and he thinks this will be good to heal. And she looks at me, oh, my God, go to the nurse. Turn out my fingers are broken. <laughs> but that's, that was just my dad. Oh, no way. You know? And uh, so, yeah, the, I ended up going to the doctor, and they put, like, a brace on it and, you know, a bandage, real bandages on my fingers and stuff. And they were going to, you know, take my parents in for child abuse and all this. And once they met my dad, they just realized, you know, wow. okay, he's just major extreme old school from a third world, <laughs> world country, you know. But, yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of how I grew up. And uh, all the other stories I definitely can't even mention here. <laughs> They're different. <laughs> so. <clears throat> And uh, last but not least, uh, guilty pleasure. My what? Gu your guilty pleasure. Yeah. So, um, I, again, I love sweets, but I don't eat them that often just because, I'll be honest, sugar is so bad for you. I probably eat it like once every couple of weeks. But my wife and I found uh, we're just big fans of ice cream, but we get frozen yogurt, but a lot of them just didn't cut it. So we go to this yogurt place and. I get this frozen yogurt. It's unbelievable. It tastes like regular ice cream. And we put all these toppings on it. And it's just, it feels like my, oh, yeah. my one time I get to indulge, you know, I really look forward to it. It's called the Yogurt Shack. It's in a town called Carlsbad, California. Okay. And it's like my, my favorite place to go. And it's a real cool little yogurt shop. It's very kind of art deco-y, uh, very kind of uh, nouveau type uh, yogurt, yogurt place. But that's kind of where we love to go. And that's where my... I guess the only thing I really cheat on, I, I really eat pretty good all the time. So, yeah, that's a frozen yogurt. Good. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Sounds good. Next time I go to California, I'll have to try it out. Yeah, it's in Carlsbad. It's called the Yogurt Shack. Give a plug for him. He's a really good guy, the guy that owns it. But Will do. Awesome. Yeah. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. Thank you yeah. so much for being our very first guest. Yeah, uh, we're so thankful, and we're looking forward to chatting with you again sometime soon. Sounds good, man. Good meeting you guys too, and we'll uh, see you soon, huh? Take care. Yeah, it was so an much. honor.
All right, let's take a moment to jump over to our voice memos for this episode. You know what to do. Record a voice memo on your phone, tablet, or computer, and send it to mail at kamidogu.com. We've got a couple of submissions for this episode. Michael, take it away. Hi, Michael Callahan from uh, Newfoundland, Canada, residing in Ontario, Canada. I've got a question for you. Um, Mortal Kombat Conquest. It's an amazing series. I want to know, how much do you love it? Well, thank you very much for that submission, Michael. Uh, I think that is uh, a fantastic question. Um, I think Conquest is probably the most underrated piece of work in the Mortal Kombat um, franchise. Uh, I think it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, it's... I think it followed good in the footsteps of, uh, of the movies, like in terms of its feel. Um, I know obviously it's based a number of years before the first movie, but nevertheless, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I thought the fight choreography most of the time was, uh, a, a very amusing to watch. Um, and the performances, a lot of them were, extraordinary for example adani Moropus as quan chi and jeffrey meek in particular who played shao khan and raiden i think they were the best performances of the entire show obviously some uh, performances were cringeworthy but um you know it is what it is uh there are a lot of episodes that really stick out to me for example uh, any episode with quan chi vengeance uh twisted truth the essence and things like this. Serpent in the Ice is another fan favorite. Uh, in terms of um, any horrid episodes, you know, there are some like the Warrior Eternals. I thought it kind of started off. It started off the show in, in a very poor manner. I think that could have been handled a lot better. Came off a little, um, a little too corny for my taste. But um, I found, especially around halfway in the show, it drastically improved. It kind of took, um, in my opinion, a slightly different direction, and that's where it started to pick up. Um, so yeah, uh, I have very fond memories of watching the show here in Canada on the Space Channel. At 9.30 on Thursdays, I would always make sure to be up and watch the show. It was just my absolute favorite part of the week. And uh, so that is my opinion of that particular show. What is your opinion, Chris? Well, mine's kind of interesting. So basically, when the, when the show was out, um, it was broadcast in Australia at a really strange time. It was on like, you know, 2.30, 3.30 in the morning. And uh, being an older child in primary school, I was only learning how to set up the VCR for recording uh, so I would often look at the TV guide and I'd always look back and be like, damn, I missed that episode. Um, and I really only ever watched maybe three to four episodes uh, because I always missed them. Or sometimes they'd have huge breaks where it was almost like a filler show. So it would be on and then it wouldn't be on for a month. And then suddenly it was on. So it was really hard for me to actually watch it. So I have some homework to do and I am keen to check <laughs> it out. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I might talk about it in a future episode, but for now, I'm yeah keen to check it out. I do remember quite a few episodes, but um, you know that was quite a few years ago, so I don't want to say anything just in case I, <laughs> I'm recalling completely wrong. Sure, sure. All right. So our next memo is from Lou. 
Yo, this is a message for Crisper and Toasty. It's Lou from Lou's Life, and congratulations on the Comedy Dooku podcast, guys. My question to you is, if you could film the next Mortal Kombat movie with the current story that we have, whose character would you develop the most in the sequel, and why? Look forward to hearing your response, boys. <laughs> Toasty, did you want to kick this one off? Sure, absolutely. That is a excellent question. And... Uh, a tough one for me. I'm kind of torn between two particular characters from from the first movie in terms of um, um, opening up their their whole role in the sequel. I think I think I would like to see a lot more Liu Kang. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to see him finally appear in the movie, and he's the champion that we all want to see take the limelight to begin with. You know, it's just what we're used to. And I think it flows the best. They had Cole kind of introduce us to this world. And, and I understand that. And I think they did an all right job with that, but I think in the sequel, they need to lessen the amount of screen time with him and kind of just really delve into Liu Kang's character. Now, furthermore, uh, he lost, Kung Lao, which is a huge, huge deal. And I really want to see just how that's going to affect him uh, in this next movie. I think it'll be interesting to see um, if perhaps there's a little bit of a dark tinge to him somewhere. You know what I mean? Deep down, for example, it was drastically exaggerated in, in Legacy 2, but even a touch of that I think would be very interesting. Uh, and lastly, I would love to see, of course, more of Joe Taslam. He he nailed the role of Sub-Zero and he has expressed on several occasions that he wants to be Noob Cybot. So to see him return and um, turned into this Noob Cybot character would be ideal for me because Noob is probably my favorite ninja-esque character. And... I think uh, seeing his whole persona on screen would, would just be petrifying. I'd love to see his abilities finally in motion in cinema. And and conclusively, this opens up, of course, uh, Quan Chi. And he is my all-time favorite character. So um, to see him kind of form uh, the wraith we know as Noob Saibot would be a real pleasure. How about you, Chris? I definitely agree on the Liu Kang um, side of things. Um, I think if they can bring Kung Lao back somehow, I think it would be cool to sort of, um, even if they went back and sort of explained the origins of the Shaolin monks, you know, to have Liu yeah. Kang, Kung Lao, and even Borei Cho, that would be incredible. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I want to see more Scorpion and Sub-Zero. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, with Bihan gone, um, you know, possibly coming back as, as Noob Saibot, that would be incredible. But then, you know, Kwa Liang, to have him, um, you know, with, with Scorpion would be great. I hope that the sequel doesn't focus too much on Cole because, like you said, I think yeah. he was introducing the world. Um, but, you know, obviously Johnny Cage will probably be, play a huge part in this one. But I'm going to go a little bit differently on this one. I might actually say Sonya Blade uh, because mm. she's always been a main character, but I don't think she really gets... A lot of time on screen that's true you know she's tidying with jack she's tidying with kano you know fingers crossed kano comes back because he was incredible 
with that metal um, faceplate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe he will be, you know, become the Kano that we all know and love in terms of the way he looks. Um, but I think Jessica McNamara did such a great job. I think she has a lot to give, and Sonya is such a strong character in the series. I think, yeah, I think um, there's there's a lot to explore there. And, um, you know, and she ties in with all of the characters anyway, all the heroes. So, you know, I think if they, you know, form some sort of giant team, you know, mm-hmm. it would be a great ride. I, I agree. That would be good. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Once again, a big thank you to John Turk for being our special guest. Remember to use the hashtag Kamidogu podcast to join the conversation on social media and be sure to like, follow and subscribe on your platform of choice. Most importantly, don't forget to tell a friend about us to help spread the word as we have some big things planned for future episodes. A five-star rating would also be awesome. Again, don't forget to send us your voice memos. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, Toasty, this second episode has been a whole lot of fun. Take care, guys. Have fun, stay safe. <laughs>